gift that Jesus gave is his presence. That's the beautiful thing. And in the presence of God, Jesus likes to do things when his presence is here. Um, he likes to bind up the brokenhearted and set at liberty those who are bound. And so I want you to grab just the hand of the person next to you. And what I really believe, I was just feeling in my heart, um, is that, is that uh, God, God wants to set people free from addiction. Yeah, this, this is going to be the year where people are free from addiction. So whether that's drugs, whether that's pornography, whether that's alcohol, he's here to set people free from addiction. So that, if that's family members, if that's uh, extended family, friends, people you know, we all have somebody in our heart, on our mind, that he wants them free, you guys. It's not the will of God that any one of these little ones would perish, okay? So we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe God because the presence of God is here to set people free. You can stand in proxy, stand in intercession for that person with them on your mind, with them on your heart. We're all gonna pray out loud, okay, for people. We're gonna pray and believe that God intervenes and changes that person's life and sets them free and gives them life and life eternal. How's that sound? Okay, with that person on your heart, with that person on your mind, linked hands in unity, because there's a commanded blessing where there's unity, right? We're gonna, play, we're gonna pray and believe, okay? So let's just do that now, all right? In the name of Jesus right now, Father, thank you. Lift your voices. Thank you, Father. We see change. We see transformation in the name of Jesus. We break the bonds and the chains of addiction. They will be free from this day forward. We thank you that the radical spirit of God comes against anything that's, that's plaguing their body, and you are seeing them change now. Thank you, Father. Addiction has no place in their body. We curse it and we command it to go. Teach them who they are. Teach them how much you value them, Father. Redeem their, their self-esteem and teach them the truth about themselves. So reconciliation may happen and reuniting of families and friends in the name of Jesus right now. We receive it, Father, and we thank you that it's done. We thank you that it's done in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are the one that sets at liberty those who are bound. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I like the feeling of that. Some good stuff. Come on, Father. Amen. Amen. Thanks, y'all, for participating. How about the worship, huh? Huh? Jesus was, Jesus was magnified in this place, wasn't he? <laughs> don't, you love, don't you love that you come to church and worship isn't for you? It's for Jesus. It's a good day. How about we greet one another as you sit down? It's Christmas. You know, give somebody a hug. Love on them. Meet somebody you didn't know. Jesus kids. Check, check, check. Jesus kids. Kids that are that are found in Jesus, go to class. Go follow Miss Rebecca. She'll take you to where you need to go. She'll take you to where you need to go.
questions the person in this Bible? All right, real quick, who who met somebody new? Jared said everybody's got to meet somebody new. Hmm, maybe after service? Yeah, amen. If you want to know what Jesus is like, that's what Jesus is like. You can, you can feel him in the room. And some of you may have been like, I don't know if I necessarily felt something. He was here. Overwhelming the room with peace. And it's available for all of us. The Prince of Peace. Man. I just love it. I love it. I love what God does. It's like when I, when I get to speak... For those of you who don't know, I'm not the pastor of the church. He's my brother-in-law. Our pastor is away um, in Norway right now, spending time with his uh, wife and their family. Got a, a baby to introduce. Um, but yeah, I'm getting the opportunity to speak, and I'm super thankful because it, 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 it's just like when, when I get to speak, it's almost like God brings the heat during worship. I don't know if you guys remember last time I spoke, but I just talked about lingering there. Lingering is just staying there, abiding in that place for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, you stay in that place of his presence, of his person. Just like Jared said, the gift that God gave us is his presence. I have to address this. Something that I think we all deal with in the body of Christ is how real actually is God. How real is God actually? Is he like a person? Or is he God and, and he's what the movies have portrayed for us and said that he's so separate from us and we, we can't understand any of him. I love what Jesus did. He didn't just come on his 33rd and a half birthday and die on a cross. He lived 33 and a half years on this earth to reveal something. I desire to walk with men. And we have this mindset at times. That God is this distant person, this guy that's way far off in the distance that I can't actually get to. And it finds its way into our lives all the time. And we have to be mindful of it and go, hold on, he's a person. He came in the likeness of man on purpose to reveal something that he desires to walk with us. That's the beauty of friendship. That's the beauty of a father. It's the beauty of marriage. I mean, look at Jana and Kevin. They're right next to each other. That's what he desires to reveal every single day. I'm right next to you. I'm right next to you. And that's what we experience during worship. He's right next to us. And he is not shy to reveal himself. 
If I have any opportunity to bless my wife, I take the opportunity. You are his wife. You are his bride. And he's going to take every single opportunity to reveal how much he truly, truly loves you. Yes, the cross is our declaration. Hey, I loved you. It's to give you a, 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 a marker and say, hey, if you're ever struggling with my love, look at that. At times we get it mixed up and we're like, well, God, if you loved me, you would do this or you would do that. And God's saying, hold on, I revealed I loved you 2,000 years ago. Don't let that diminish from your heart. I think it's in Peter, he actually talks about that's where we fall because we forget the cross. We forget that we were forgiven. But it's beautiful how God's like, hey, I just need you to remind yourself of that. When? Daily. Daily. It's not something you remembered the day that you got saved and then you just let it go until we get to heaven one day. This is a relationship. I'm sorry whoever preached to you that Jesus came to get you to heaven one day. And I talk about this every single time I get the opportunity to speak. Jesus died to put himself in relationship with you. Jesus says, and this is eternal life, that they may know me. I'm not diminishing heaven, but heaven was always meant to come into your heart so that you can bring it into the earth. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> wow, is this somebody's bottle? Wow. Praise God. Um, Amos, I'm not speaking in Amos. I don't even know if I've read the book of Amos. It still doesn't look to it. But I had it on my heart to honor my pastor real quick. Guys, we've been blessed with an amazing pastor in Dylan and Taya. If I could give you guys all the mic, I'm sure all you guys could come up with something amazing to say about Dylan and Taya. One thing I love about them is their selflessness. They're in love with Jesus. Guys, I don't know if you've realized this, but Dylan has asked me to speak on Easter and Christmas this time this year. I'm not bashing any pastors, but that's not common. Dylan has asked me to speak three times this year, one when Stella was born, and twice during Easter and Christmas. Why? Because it's not about him. I don't want to cry on stage. Yeah, I know. But I'm serious, guys. We have pastors in this church that truly, truly don't consider themselves. And they just love Jesus. And they're like, I'm doing my best to reveal Jesus to people. And if that means I'm not there on the days that our church looks the biggest, I'm just doing what I believe, I believe God's calling me to do. Man, get in line with those people. Please run your race with those people. If you're not a common member at this church and you don't even live in the area, find people to run with. And don't fall in love with church. Don't fall in love with stuff. I mean, the stuff in the church is amazing, but you want somebody that's absolutely overwhelmed in love with Jesus, and it's not easy to tell, or it's not hard to tell. I promise you. But we have people in Dylan and Taya that are absolutely amazing, and they deserve to be honored. They lay down their lives. They deny themselves. 
They pick up their cross and they follow him. They heard the true gospel. And they do it every single day. And I believe that honor is to be given where honor is due. And so I just wanted to acknowledge Dylan and Taya and just thank them on the mic. I know that they'll get to hear this and just say thank you guys for what you do for Jesus every single day. You lay down your lives. Amen. Turn to Matthew, man. Matthew 16. I want to talk about the gift of Christmas today. I passed a sign and at a church that said, uh, "Oh man, what did it even say? Like return, returning to the true meaning of Christmas, something like that." Yeah. Matthew 16. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the Christmas story real quick. Oh, yeah, we have a microphone. If you have questions, real quick, if you have questions that are topics that I'm discussing, I really encourage you to ask them. If they're topics that aren't what we're discussing, I really encourage you to just, you can pull me aside after after church and we can talk about that. All right? But, yeah, we have a microphone. If anybody has questions, please raise your hand. I'm not afraid. I'm not trying to hide anything. Jesus is king and. He just revealed himself to everybody. He's still in this room, so he's going to reveal himself in those moments as well. But I wanted to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. And I love the Lord showed me this this week. He's like, Tyler, I've hidden myself in Christmas. You see, some of us have this idea it's a pagan holiday and we shouldn't be celebrating it and so on and so forth. And I get, I, I understand we don't want to be a part of, you know, the things that God isn't a part of. But I, I love, I love how when we keep our hearts pure, God just, he walks with you and honors, honors what it is that you're doing unto him. But I love, what I, what I absolutely love about, about the gift of Christmas is that Jesus gave himself and entrusted himself with man in Mary. Guys, that should speak to us. I'm gonna say it again. He gave himself, Jesus, God, gave himself to man and put himself inside of the womb of Mary. That should speak something to us and say, is man a big part of the picture? I mean, we're talking about God. I I just had my baby boy, and he is absolutely in need of Cassidy, 1,000% in need. Everybody that's had kids would say, my kids definitely would not be here if somebody didn't care for them. And God decides to put himself inside of a woman and say, I'm going to need you, Mary. That's pulling on some religious bones in our body because we have always believed that God doesn't need man. He chose to need man. He chose to say, I'm going to use you. You are my plan A. You're my plan A. Will the rocks cry out? Absolutely. Will donkeys speak? Absolutely. But he says, James Scott, you're my plan. You are my plan. Just like Mary, what we can't do is we can't take the Bible and say, well, the Bible was for then. He's not really trying to use man now. How will, we, how will they know unless there's a preacher? A preacher involves a man. Guys, we have to understand that the gift of Christmas is, is absolutely beautiful and it involves us. 
It absolutely involves us. And what I love is, like I said, the Lord showed me this week. He said, I hid myself inside of Christmas. I said, how did you do that? He said, what's in this pagan world, I guess you can say, what's the number one part of Christmas? Why'd you say it so low? Presents or gifts, right? Gifts is our number one part of Christmas. You ask any kid, what are they excited for? They're excited for presents. What am I excited for? I'm excited for presents. I love people, but I am excited for presents. But here's the beautiful thing. Jesus was our gift. Jesus was our gift. And he's saying, I'm giving myself to the world. And he's saying, that's what love is. It's to give. It's to give gifts unto man. What, do, what gift do I give unto man? Love. No greater love than this, than he who lay his life down for a friend. I just love how, like, the Lord, he's like, he's like sneaky. What do you call him, Jeho- Jehovah sneaky? Yeah, Jehovah sneaky. Like, he's hiding himself in the lives of men. And people just, they just aren't noticing it. Their eyes just aren't open to it. But he's pursuing man. And he's hiding himself in the midst of them. And he's saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach the, I'm going to, I'm going to let the enemy teach the world that it's all about gifts and, and presents. But I'm also going to teach, I'm going to let him teach them in that moment. It's about giving gifts and giving presents. Yes, we've turned it into what is it that I'm going to get. But at the end of the day, they're still giving, which is the greatest act that Jesus did for us. He gave himself on our behalf. He put himself in my shoes so I could put myself in his shoes. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he gave himself for us to teach us something. Not just to say that was God's mission. He's saying, no, 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 that's your mission now. I came in the likeness of man. I came in a human body. That's what you have. And I'm te- I taught you something in the Gospels. What? To give. And guys, I'm not talking about money. Does money play a part in it? Yeah. But I'm talking about your life. I said no greater love than this than he who lay his life down for a friend. Is your money sometimes tied to your life? 1,000%. Your time. Your pride. Your hands, your feet, everything. No greater love than this, no greater gift than this, than he who give his life for all, for the whole world. John 3.16, guys, we know it, but I love it. And I will not let it be a watered-down verse that we just throw around in the body of Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave. Guys, what does love look like? It looks like giving. Giving of what? Myself. Everything. That's the beauty of Christmas. And like I said before, he chose to do it with Mary. He chose to reveal through the life of Mary, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to use people. I'm going to use people. Do we need to stay connected? Absolutely. I'm not saying that you're called to do this on your own. Forget God. Leave God on the side. But I am saying that his, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. What is he saying with that? He's saying, I'm using you. I chose you. 
we get really, really scared, guys, that we're missing it, that that's too much, that that's, I mean, God is holy. How can we be holy? 1 Corinthians 1.22 says you are holy. What did I say? Wow. Yeah. It started with the C, though. It started with the C. Where's that? Colossians 1.22, for the record. Simon, you can cut that out of the book so we can. Guys, he called you holy, blameless, and above reproach. Why? Because he lived that way. And like I, like I said, he took your shoes on. And he says, I'll, I'll put your shoes on, but you've got to put my shoes on. And we've got to stop living in this place of... of fear like I'm going to disappoint God like I'm going to go too far you keep your heart in that place of God if I go too far you'll correct me I'll live in a place of repentance and say man if I was wrong I missed it but I'm going to keep rolling I'm going to keep going I'm going to keep pursuing I'm going to keep preaching I'm going to keep telling people God is a good father he'll father you in the midst of that but there's things in the body of Christ that God has given us and we're too afraid to take why is he giving them to you? So that you can go give them to others. Why? Because that's what love does. It's a beautiful gift. And God says, I need you to take that gift. Why? So that you'll give it out. It's just like the candles, guys. It's just like the candles. One candle's lit, I can go around and light everybody else's candle. He does that on purpose. For a reason, to reveal, man, please buy into this. Please buy into this. What's up? Why do you think that we are afraid to take those gifts and run with them? Like that God's given us, why are we afraid? That's what you said, right? We're afraid to take mm -hmm. the gift. Can you expound on that? Mm -hmm. I mean, the core, the core of it is fear, in my opinion. Fear of counting ourselves higher than we ought to, which is biblical. I think that we don't want to stand before God and God to be like, ah, you looked at yourself a little too highly. And therefore, what we've been taught is if we miss it, parents have punishments for those kids. And we're wrong. He bore, Jesus bore our punishment on his body on our behalf. But it's just fear. I think it's. It's being afraid of missing it, being afraid of, yeah, being afraid of taking it too far, which if you guys hear the key word that I keep saying, it's fear. And fear isn't from God. Fear is a device that the enemy uses to keep you still. And we have to take a step back and go, man, am I seeing the gospel properly? Or am I living by fear, not wanting to dishonor God? Guys, you believe in him, and you're pursuing him, and you're going after this thing. Like, man, let him reveal himself to you. He says in Matthew 5, he says, he says, like, you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. Start believing that you're the light of the world. It's okay. I remember when I first realized, like, guys, oh. 
to Philippians 2. I'm scared to. good you should you can use a hand mic yeah go to philippians 2 <clears throat> i th- mm, we're gonna go back to matthew 16 i just want to talk about something real quick guys this is a verse that you have to deal with in your heart but it's in the bible it's in your bible it's not i'm not i'm just gonna read the verse i'm gonna believe that i'm gonna hear from god on what to say and then we're gonna leave it at that okay Philippians 2, verse 5. Your Bible says this, okay? Your Bible. Not, Tyler's not saying this. Your Bible says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. No, it's not. Who, being in the form of God, this is the mindset you're supposed to have. You're in the form of God. Did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Your Bible says that. Now, I do believe I need to give you guys some, some, some guidance in this, okay? Because I had to read this verse one day myself, and I was really afraid because I was raised in a church, and I don't know where, where it came from, but I was really afraid of this verse when I read this, and like, I was kind of, I didn't really know what to do with it. I could feel the religion in my heart trying to put me back into fear and say, hold on, no, 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 you're not supposed to see this, and if you do see it, you better, you, you, hold on, you might not be correct, but my Bible says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. You are equal with God. Let me explain this though the best way I know how. You are equal with God, not equal to God. Equal to God means I can replace him. Equal with God means this is a marriage. If you guys were to see me push Cassidy down and make her walk on her knees and says, she's my wife. You guys would be like, uh, that, that's, a weird, that's a really weird relationship. But we let God be that man all the time and say, hold on, let me shove my bride down. And God's like, hold on, we're doing this together. I chose that. That was my way. I chose to do this with you. Guys, don't be afraid of this message. And I'm telling you, there might be some things in our heart. I won't even call it religion because I don't want to, I don't want to, hurt anybody's feelings. There's some things in our heart that are scary. This is scary right now because some of us haven't read this in our Bibles. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. That verse alone should, is going to scare a lot of us because we haven't been told we can think like Christ. We haven't been told we can live like Christ. We've actually heard phrases like, well, that was just Jesus. And I believe because it's absolutely biblical what you believe is what you walk out. So if it's just Jesus, Jared has the right to not look like Jesus. 
because it's just Jesus. But the Bible says, let the mind that Jesus had be inside of you. What did Jesus believe? I'm the son of God. I'm anointed. I'm called to reveal love to the world. I'm called to lay down my life. I could go on and on and on. What Jesus calls us to. Guys, I'm not preaching a gospel that says you can do this apart from him. This is to be done with him. It says right here, I'm reading scripture. It says, verse 6, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Some of you are like, see right there, verse 7, he made himself of no reputation. Yes, to the world. He made himself no reputation. He's not sitting there screaming that I'm God, but his life looks like God. He's not taking, he's, he's, sorry. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. Having the right perspective of who you are transforms you into a bondservant to all men. So to answer Jared's question, I think it's fear. I don't know why I keep saying fear. Fear. It's fear. 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 It's fear. Yeah, it's fear that we're going to be prideful if I think that way. It's fear that I'm going to be prideful if I think that way. And God's saying, hey, bud, <laughs> if you look at my word, I'm, I'm, it's written all over. It's written on the wall. It's okay for you to be a son. I have to turn you guys to this. Okay. made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. What he's saying is this. I think men are a good idea. And I'm going to place myself inside of men, not fearful that they're going to get arrogant, self-centered, self-focused, but it's actually going to make them dependent on me. And in their dependence, I will reveal myself to them. Matthew 5 says this, the verse that I was quoting, Matthew 5 says this, when you believe that you're the light of the world, men will look at your life and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Guys, we're Christians. We can't live in fear. We can't be afraid that I'm, I'm, I'm going too far. Because like I said, when you start thinking properly, when you start thinking biblically, a bondservant is what is revealed. So if you have somebody who's not down to serve every single day, but they're like, yep, I'm a son, I'm a son, I'm a son. They're not truly understanding the meaning of sonship. Newsflash, true understanding of sonship will make you a servant to all men. We've been taught the, the higher I rise, the more God is on my life. I say the lower you go, the more God reveals his life through you. I'm not... I'm not saying this, guys, to boast, but, like, I'm down to open the door even though I'm getting to preach. I'm down to go do the pavement and, 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 put, and put salt on the pavement. I'm from California, so we don't understand snow and stuff. Yeah. But I'm down to put salt on the pavement. Why? Because I don't, I don't care. I'm not here 
to look good when I get up here. I'm here to reveal Jesus to you. That's it. That's my life. That's my mission. That's my call. And to encourage you guys, hey, you can do the same. You don't have to be all these things that it is that we've chalked up to say, yeah, now you're, you just got to be available. I love this phrase. I'm a big sports fan. A lot of people talk about, you know, people's ability to dunk the football or run fast or throw a good pass. But you know what news anchors always say, sports news anchors always say? The best ability is availability. If you're hurt, you can't play. So we have to stop being hurt Christians, fearful Christians, and say, God, I'm in. I'm down. Whatever it is that you have for my life, I'm in. Because I saw your life and I saw you reveal in the, in, the, in the flesh of a man, you revealed who you were. You revealed love. You, believe, you, you revealed God. So I'm going to sign up for that. If I step out of line, man, you correct me. You're a good father, but I'm going to keep going. This is the message we have to buy into. Go to John 5. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to back this up again, okay? Because I, I really, this is not what I planned on talking about. But This is Bible, guys. I promise you I'm not trying to preach my own message. Again, if you, if you hear these things and you're like, man, this guy's preaching heresy, just read your Bibles. And if I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong because I'm a bond servant unto all men. I'm not here to be right. I'm right with God, and I'm, that's good enough for me. Go to John 5. This is about to. How many of us know that people were trying to kill Jesus for a specific reason? You guys know what that reason was? There's a reason that people are trying to kill Jesus. And all these answers are perfect. It's because he was love. And people love their darkness more than they love the light. Therefore, they're like, let's get this light out of here. People who lo- love darkness, like the enemy, is just trying to blow out your light. Just trying to put a bushel over it. He's trying to put a basket over it. Trying to just cover it, and we can't we can't allow that. But we got to start thinking properly. In John five, it says this: John five verse sixteen. It says, "For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him. This is why they sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath." But Jesus answered them. My father has been working until now, and I have been working. If I asked you guys to raise your hands, those of you who are believers, and say, who has called God their father, how many of you would probably raise your hand? I would say all of you, those who have accepted Jesus, okay? This is what you're doing. Verse 18, therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because... He not only broke the Sabbath, 
but he also <laughs> but he also said that God was his father making himself equal with God For those of you who don't know when you signed up to be a Christian and you started calling God your father this is what you started doing You started calling yourself equal with God, with God. I'm not saying to, equal with God. And it's okay. It's okay to do that. Because God says, I like when you do that. Why? Because it keeps us in unity. It keeps us in relationship. We can make God really, really abusive. And like I said, make God shove us down and call it honor. Call it humility. God says what true humility is, is when you let me pick you up and stand face to face with you and love on you. That's what true humility is. Saying, God, I've been taught by the world that if I I think too highly of myself, people are going to call it pride. like I said, guys, when you start thinking properly of yourself, what it produces is love. And the world's got to see love. They've got to know it. Is that a question or are you just yeah, nodding? Take it easy on me, okay? Uh, so my question is what you were saying, um, true humility is letting God bring us up to his face, you know, rather than taking the mindset of, oh, shove me down, God, because I'm humble. What do you think, or what keeps us from believing that God actually wants to bring us up to that place, or what keeps us from getting there? Mm. I think it's, I think it's seeing ourselves just as he is, so are we. That's a verse, you guys. It's 1 John 4. The Bible says that we have boldness because just as he is, so are we. I don't think I quoted that right. but So I think we're afraid of seeing ourselves as a son, even though we'll walk around all of our churches and say, oh, I'm a son of God. But we, we're afraid of seeing ourselves as Jesus was. And Jesus says, the reason I walked through this life the way that I did was to give you that right. And so I think we think it's honorable to humiliate myself and put myself low and 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 I'm not I'm not saying we're not called to be low, but you got to understand when God's saying calling you to be low is he's saying you got to line yourself up with what my word says. And a lot of times when you line yourself up with what God's word says, it seems prideful. It seems arrogant, it seems self-centered. But the Bible says that just as he is, Jesus, so are we in this world. In this world. Guys, the reason I'm preaching like this is because I hate when people hate themselves. I'll say it like this. I hate when Christians hate themselves. 
and they don't see what God is saying about them. He loves you. He is so overwhelmingly in love with you. And at times we make him be this abusive husband, this abusive father. And we have to realize, man, that's, I've been taught by a lie because your Bible is not teaching you that. And a lot of us are like, A lot of us are living at the expense of what we think that God is because it makes sense. Well, it makes sense. I made a mistake. It's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, but it's funny, like, we make mistakes and we're like, therefore, there should be punishment. There should be punishment. I deserve to be punished. We grow up, our parents teach us, time to be punished. I made a mistake, punishment. And, and, and we get to this place in the Lord and we're just like, man, like, 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 that's not what you're teaching us. Hebrews 1-2 says this. It says that God has now spoken to us through his son. He was speaking to us through prophets. He was speaking to us through people in the Old Testament. But now he has spoken to us through his son. So if the way that you're viewing God isn't through the life of Jesus, you have a wrong view of the Father. If the way that you are viewing God in your daily, with God in your daily relationship with Him, isn't filtered through, I saw Jesus do this in the, in the Gospels, then you have a wrong view of the Father. that's good news, guys. It's really good news. Because some of us have been letting the God that we have in our minds spank us a lot. I can't tell you guys how many times I wake up and I'm like, I, I could have woken up earlier. Dylan said it last week. I could have woken up earlier. Could have gave that person more money. Could have said something nicer. Could have bought my wife more gifts. Should have done this. Should have done that. And at the end of the day, God's not sitting there condemning any of us. Why? Because I didn't see it in the life of Jesus. I actually saw a woman thrown at his feet, caught in the middle of a sexual act. And Jesus laughs and goes, he doesn't, he doesn't say he laughs, but I see Jesus laugh and be like, where'd, your, where'd, your, where'd the people go? She's like, I, I don't know. Nobody's here to condemn me anymore. He's like, and neither do I. We're allowed to look at our lives like that and go, man. God, you're not holding my sin against me. You know what that does? It produces right living on the inside of you. Why? Because it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Romans 2.5. It's his goodness. And here's the thing, is that we let the enemy attack us in our minds and question the goodness of God. So we accidentally, or not even thinking about it, just start to get in this mindset like, God's doing something to me to, to teach me a lesson. And we have to take our thoughts captive. This is all scripture. We have to take our thoughts captive and go and bring them to the obedience of Christ. What that means is I have to take my thoughts and say, hold on. Did I see that in Jesus? And if I didn't see it in Jesus, then I have the right to run from it and say, huh, that's not my God. 
totally okay if they beat me on that. It's good. I almost said something I don't want to say, but now I won't. But I'm taking every thought captive and bringing it to the obedience of Christ. If I can see Jesus doing it, I'm allowed to believe it in my life. And you know how God always was dealing with people? By grace. By grace. Go to Matthew. I'm going to preach the gospel real quick. Go to Matthew 16. We'll be done here soon. I feel like Christmas services are supposed to be short, right? Man. Man. I think as a kid, I always thought Christmas services were so long. You want to know why? Because there's presents waiting for you after Christmas service. anybody getting blessed? Is this good? I know this is straightforward, but it's it's Christmas. You know, it's a gift. It's a gift. Matthew 16, verse 24. And we'll probably end with this. Maybe. Then Jesus said to his disciples, did I say verse 24? Yeah, verse 24. If anyone desires to come after me, so pause real quick. If anyone desires to come after me, believers desire to go after Jesus. Do not let yourself get into this place of, you know, I'm saved. It's okay. What I love about early Christianity is they called Christianity the way. They called it the way. You want to know why? Because there was a direction to be going. You're not a standstill. When, when you become a Christian, you take up the baton, and you know what people do with batons? They run. They run. So if you're in this stagnant place of like, man, I'm just not even pursuing God. I'm not going after him. God's saying, hey, my arms are still wide open. And I'm saying, come to me. Come to me. I'm not here to talk about if you're a believer, if you're going after God or not. I'm, I'm here to say this. This is what the Bible says. If you want to come after me, let him, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. We're going after something. We're pursuing something. Christianity is a pursuit. It's not a house that we just we just build upon and we stay there. I like to look at it, you're an RV. You're a home that's moving. You're a foundation that's built, you're, but you're going. You're moving forward. You're moving forward. Right here. If anyone desires to come after me, if you want me, this is what you'll do. Let him deny himself. You'll deny yourself. I'm going to explain this real quick. Denying yourself is a couple things. Denying yourself has to do with forgetting your past. Forgiving and forgetting your past. Not in the weird sense of like, oh, I don't remember what I did. But in the sense of saying that that's, that's dead and gone. Jesus died for our sins. 
and he actually says, I, I, I forgive you, I, I, I place your sin, or uh, I do with your sins as far, um, I cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. Forgiving them, forgetting them, gone. And Jesus says, hey, I, I offer you to do the same thing. I think I've explained that over the past 20 hour. Like, Jesus is inviting you to do the same thing he's doing. Hey, forgive your past. I've forgiven your past. Forgive your past. What I love, oh, you guys know that verse that talks about uh, where Paul says that, um, where, where Paul talks about uh, neither, uh, Romans 5, he's talking about, okay, I'm going to go through it real quick. I'm sorry, you guys don't have to go there. It says right here, um, I'll just paraphrase it. What? Oh, okay. Didn't mean to interrupt that. Um, but I wanted to ask, how does a Christian forget the condemnation of their past but allow themselves to use their past to display what Jesus did in their life? Mm-hmm. Dang. Can you, hey, hold on. Can you let her ask that one more time? Can you ask that one more time? Yeah. Um, how does a Christian forget the condemnation of their past, but still allow their past to display what Jesus did in their life? That's super good. You said, how does a Christian let go of the condemnation from their past? First off, you have to understand that condemnation isn't from the Lord. Romans 8.1, you know, if we are in Christ, there's no condemnation towards any of us. You have to know that, though. But you can't believe that. Okay, say it again. Christianity has feelings in it, but a lot of times we can get caught up in the feeling. Therefore, when condemnation is there and we feel condemnation, we buy into it really easily. And we let ourselves be condemned not hearing what the Lord is actually saying in the midst of that. So, like, what we'll do is we'll, we'll pray, we'll talk to God, but we'll live in condemnation. And it's a feeling, and it's heavy. And Jesus is like, hey, if you're heavy, come to me. Because I'm, I'm, my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. What does that mean? If I'm feeling heaviness, I have the right to go. That ain't God. Why? Because I'm not condemned. Oh, and I'm feeling heavy, and I'm not called to be feeling heavy. So, again, this just must be clearly the enemy trying to make me feel a certain way and say my feelings are what dictate truth. And that's so far from the truth. Don't hear me wrong, though. I love feeling the presence of God. But I don't live in that place like if I don't feel him, he's not there. We have to, as believers, get to this place where truth overwhelms everything. No matter how I feel. No matter how I feel. Whether they're good or they're bad, I, 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 don't, I don't buy into them. So you, you, so you realize, okay, condemnation isn't from God. And you take that step back and you go, okay, I'm feeling condemnation. So I, I just, I'm going to take this to the Lord and say, God, I, I know what your truth says. And then your question after that was, and how do I? Right. I mean, you, you, just, you just preach the gospel. You preach the gospel. I mean, you let people, you... 
You let people, you let people know what you were saved from. I think, Mich- I don't know if Michelle hit on it. She said you, or the, the word says that you were darkness and now you are light. So it's like, even though if I don't feel like I'm light, I'm light. Right? So it's like, okay, I have the right to tell my testimony because I am light. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my testimony and I'm going to reveal it to people. One thing that I love is that I, I think I've said this plenty of times. And this is, again, this isn't prideful. I'm just being honest. You can't tell that I used to do and sell drugs. But I did. So what I do is I, I take that and I go, I'm going to use that for God's glory. Because when people look at me, they're like, you're this clean cut dude that just, you know, you've always just been a Christian. Not even true, not even close, not even a little bit. I was, I was steeped in addiction. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. But I let that addiction and the, the, the moment that God redeemed me from that, that he cleared me from it. I've shared my testimony with you guys. I, I, I was so steeped in pride. I was so steeped in myself. And I didn't know what to do. But I was like, I'm going to join the military. I was about to join the military. I was one day away from leaving. And I decided I was going to go party one more time before I left. Because I knew at boot camp I wasn't going to get to drink. I wasn't going to get to do all this stuff. And on that night, I got pulled over. I went to jail on a DUI. Got out of jail, called my recruiter, was told I could no longer join the military. That day, I go to my bedroom, and that moment in my bedroom, I'm sorry, the next day, I went to bed, I woke up, got a cup of coffee, went upstairs. Oh. Got a cup of coffee, went upstairs, and I shut my door. And I was raised in a Christian home, so I thought I was supposed to do all these things. And before I could say my first word, the Lord spoke to me for the first time that I can remember in my life. And he said, Tyler, I understand. I understand what you want to do right now. And I forgive you. anything up until that point for God. I hadn't done one thing for God up until that point in my life. And God said he understood. And he's like, you're my son and I love you. Yes, you're in. 100% you're in. But what I love about what God did in that moment is he spoke to me revealing this isn't about going to heaven one day. This is about a relationship. This is about me talking to you. Guys, it's why you're so lied to that God doesn't speak anymore. That's one of the biggest lies in the body of Christ is that God doesn't speak anymore. And some of you want to stone me right now because you're like, no, he doesn't. We have his word. Again, we get so caught up in missing it. We're like, if I, if I think I'm hearing from God and I'm not, there's a punishment. There's not. He loves you. But what you do is you, in that moment, I'm sorry, in that moment, you realize, wow, you understand. I, I'm forgiven. Everything's good. And he's like, let's run forward. In that moment of addiction, lost, prideful, he revealed to my heart, I'm here. And I was set free.
So what I do is I go, man, I have a testimony to share. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed that I went to jail. I'm not ashamed that I was steeped in addiction. I'm not ashamed that I was full of myself. God saved me in that moment and said, Tyler, I understand, and I'm actually here for a relationship. Therefore, I have a testimony to share, and my testimony is this. I was darkness, and now I'm light. Realizing that you're not condemned. That's so cool. My testimony just shares that. Realizing you're not condemned, and you press on, and you move forward. Does that answer your question? The beautiful thing is, is this, guys. Kind of, there's a moment in time that Paul talks about tribulation, persecution. Oh, there's my phone. No, that, no, I know. It's, no, no, no. I'm talking about like Paul when he says all these things. Did I? No, 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 no. There's a moment. Is it? I'm so sorry. Man, I really. Like I said, this wasn't in my notes, so I hope you guys are. Okay, it may take me a second. Right here, okay. Romans 8, 38 says this. This is talking about, this is talking about denying yourself, okay? That's the context of what we're talking We're talking about denying ourselves. Paul says this. Keep your hands in Matthew 16, though. We're almost done, I promise. Romans 8, 38. He says this. For I am persuaded, well, it's the verse that's back to mind. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing, nor, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go back to Matthew. Denying yourself is this. Paul says, I'm persuaded that none of that stuff is going to separate me from the love of God. I learned this from a man, though. He said, you know one thing that's not in that text? He says, your past. Your past is not in there. Why? Because your past will hold you back from what it is that God has called you to do and denying yourself. Your past looks at you and goes, hey, keep looking at me. If any of you guys are aware of the Old Testament, there's a guy named Lot, and he's got a wife. And Lot and his wife and his family are asked to leave the city that they're in, because it's a corrupt city, and God says, hey, don't look back. You just, you just look forward. You deny yourself. You look forward. And what happens is Lot's wife turns around and turns into a pillar of salt. She's revealing to you guys, all of us, something in that. You looking back will keep you from walking what it is that God has always called you to walk in. You have the right to not look at your past anymore and let it condemn you. You do have the right, though, to take your past and say, look where I came from. Paul says, yo, I was killing people, and now I'm found. I was persecuting the church, and now I'm here preaching the church. 
saying, hey, I'm not leaving my past in the back. I'm actually using it for God's glory, revealing, hey, this is what God can do in a man. What I love about Paul, this is kind of just a side note, what I love about Paul is Paul, in our opinion, could have been the most prideful and sinful man all at the same time, in all of our opinion. He was killing people, and yet he also had the, the, the paperwork that said, hey, I'm the greatest of all Jews. We would call that pride and a murderer, and God said, there's grace for you, Paul. And I'm actually going to ask you to write so much stuff for people. Why? To reveal that I've come to redeem all men, no matter how prideful you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, I'm here to redeem all men. He used Paul on purpose to say, hey, there's nothing too far. I am fully persuaded that no, nothing of mine is keeping me from the love of God. But one thing that's, put in, that's not put in here is your past. And I'm here to encourage you, you've got to stop looking at your past as something that that's who you are. Let your past reveal who God is. Let your past be used as something to say, this is what God brought me from. If anyone desires to come after me, Matthew 24, 14, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Hmm. Take up his cross and follow me. Like I said, denying yourself, letting your past go. It's also letting Jesus be who you are going to reveal to this earth. I've been talking about it for the past half hour. It's denying yourself. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm here to reveal Christ to the earth. Anyone who's put their hand up and said, I want to be a believer, and I actually want to give everybody at the end of this all a chance again to say, God, I'm, I'm in. I realize the gospel is saying this. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. I don't know if I believed in that gospel to start, but I want to start believing that gospel now. Because there's a call on my life. And I'm here to reveal Jesus to the world. He says, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. My interpretation of what take up his cross means is if you go back to Jesus, Jesus picked up the cross. But how many of those sins did Jesus commit to take up that cross? Zero, right? So my interpretation of take up your cross is all the things that are done unto you, you take those things on and you don't count them towards men. Jesus was our example and said, hey, I'm picking up the cross of all these things that people done towards me. You do the same. All these things, when your brother slaps your cheek, you turn it. When, your person, when a person steals from you, you tell them, you can, have the, you can have the coat off my back. What is Jesus trying to say? He's like, he's like hey, I, I gave you the perfect example. When you're done wrong, don't let people know that you've been done wrong. Because I live on the inside of you, and I'm here to reveal myself to the world. Guys, we've taken so many things to heart and letting the people closest to us have such a pull on our hearts that when they do us wrong, we respond not like Jesus. And I want to be the first one to say, I'm following Jesus. I want to be the first one to say, I want to come after you. And if coming after you means denying myself, 
picking up my cross or forgiving those who have done me wrong, I'm in. Because that's what brings abundant life. That's what makes life meaningful. And here's my favorite part. It's what changes the world. Because everybody that's done wrong is taking another punch right back at them. If I were to punch somebody in the face, we would all suspect that they would punch me back. When somebody punches you in the face, what do you do? How do you respond? Because if you want to go after Jesus, he's asking you, can you take up your cross? Can you take up the things that are done to you and say, God, just like you bore the sins of many on your body and you took up all of our cross. He took up all of our cross. Real quick, guys, he took up all of our cross. We all deserve that. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I'll take it for you. What do you give people when they deserve something? Are you giving them love? Are you giving them what they're giving you? Jesus gave none of us what we deserve so that you could give nobody what they deserve. Please take that seriously. It's really easy for us to take this on too. I'm going to address this in the end. It's really easy for us to take this on too for the people at our work or the people that aren't super close to us. But your spouse, first person that God's calling me to do that too. I don't have a right to not count the wrongs done unto me from you to all you guys, but not to Cassidy. <laughs> I, I truly believe that that's where I actually learn if I'm walking in love or not. Because some of us think if I, can, if I can go and preach a good sermon at a church and talk to some people, like I'm a, I'm a good Christian. Not condemning that, but I'm saying if I go home and Cassidy's being abused, you're saying your preaching doesn't, it doesn't add up. We know if we've denied ourselves when the closest people to us know that they're loved. They know that they're loved. And if they haven't been loved, you have the right to apologize. I talked about this the last time I spoke. Is When you do somebody wrong, please write it. Please go apologize. Go admit that you're wrong. You want to know why? Because that's true humility. realizing, man, I made a mistake in walking up. You give people the right to forgive you, but you keep your heart clean. And you realize, man, I, I stepped out of line. I shouldn't have gone this direction. I can't, I can't explain what kind of grace follows that. I can't explain what kind of forgetfulness follows that, guys. You do somebody wrong. I can't tell you how many times I've had to apologize to Cassidy. You know how many wrongs she can probably tell you that I've done to her? Zero. You want to know why? Because she puts on Jesus, and I got the opportunity to walk up and say, hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. That's humility. And when humility steps in the room, God steps in the room. And God changes everything. It's a beautiful, 
It's really, really beautiful. Let's finish it up. I hope you guys are as blessed as I am. He says, take up your cross and follow me. <laughs> Just like I said, there's a way. It's following Jesus. It's not walk, watching Jesus walk into the distance and he'd be like, I, I believe. You're over there, but I believe. You're walking, but I, I'm going to stand here. I believe, though. There's a way to follow. For whoever desires to save his life, verse 25, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If you lose your life, guys, for love, for Jesus, you'll find why you're actually on this earth. It saddens my heart when I talk to people and I say, if you were to die today, would you be happy with the life that you lived? Some people shrug their shoulders. Shrugging your shoulders reveals something. But you're not. You wish you could go back and do stuff differently. Do I? Yeah, but I don't let it condemn me. Whoever loses his life for my sake, he'll find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. I heard a man once say this. Jared showed me it. It, was, it really, really blessed my heart. There's a man that had a vision. Said he went to heaven. And at the end of the day, like, if he went to heaven, praise God. I'm not, I'm not preaching. He went to heaven, all that stuff. What I'm preaching is this. He said he talked to God, and, and the Lord said one thing. He said, did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? Guys, I promise you, if you pursue love, biblical, if you pursue love, you will find why it is that you're on this earth. But it might mean losing your life for it. Did people lose their life physically? Yeah, they did. I'm not talking about martyrdom necessarily, but I am talking about martyrdom. You might lose your life for loving people. But I'm saying there's going to be some pride that you got to put to the side. Following Jesus has a cost. It's everything. It's everything. It's denying my past. It's saying, Jesus, now you're the one that gets revealed throughout my life. It's forgiving the sins of people that are coming to me. And it's following after you. might be some of us in here today that have heard this and you're convicted in your heart. Convicted is just, you know God's stirring something on the inside of your heart. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond. I want to give you the opportunity to respond and say, man, Tyler, I don't necessarily know if I'm following Jesus. I might go to church every Sunday, but I don't necessarily know if I'm all in.
I want to give you the opportunity to be all in. Because it's super important to God. It's super important to this world that you're all in. He loves each and every one of you. And he loves you enough to give you a mission. You're on mission, guys. You're not making it. You're on mission. That's what you signed up for when you became a Christian, to say, I'm on mission for love. And I challenge you to do that. Because it will bear fruit. That's the coolest part. When you lose your life for his sake, it will bear fruit. And you'll stand before God one day, not disappointed with the life that you've lived. You'll be really, really happy. And you'll say, God, I ran the good race. I fought the good fight of faith. It's the gospel. That's good news. If the life of some of us have been going down is dry and it sucks, Jesus is like, hey, I, I have a better one. And I love you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us. And if, and if that's you, that you're like, I'm, I want to jump back all in. I'm, I'm down to get all in. Whether you've been a believer for a thousand years, you've been a believer for one day, and you're just like, man, God's convicting my heart. I want to be all in. I want to ask you to stand up. Stacy's already standing, so she's, she's taking the first step of faith. Because I want you guys to give a public declaration saying, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm denying myself. I'm picking up my crosses. My crosses. I'm picking up my cross, and I'm following Jesus. Because I know if I lose my life, I'll find it. telling anybody to close their eyes. I want you guys to see this. I want people to see that you're all in. Because it's important. No more, no more living Christianity in the dark. I'm all in. No more thinking that Jesus' life isn't available for me. He's calling me to it. I'm all in. I want what it is that Jesus has to offer. That's amazing. So God, I, I pray for each one of these people 
God, that they are saying, God, you have the conviction, you have the right to convict my heart every single day that I'm supposed to be all in. That I don't have the right to hold anything back anymore. That I want all of you. I want none of me and all of you because I know if I give you all of me, you're going to give me all of you and that's going to bring glory into the world. So God, we just appreciate you with our hearts crying out saying, yes, Lord, thank you for this invitation. Thank you for this opportunity. You can count me in. I sign my life. I put my life on the dotted line and I say, I'm all in, Jesus. Let them know in your own special way that you're all in. Take a second. Take an hour. I don't care. Just take a second. And let them know that you're all in, realizing the beautiful gift that we've been given in this thing called Christmas saying, you want a gift, God? I'm all in.
encourage you to sing that song every single day. It's not a religious practice. It just keeps you sober. And saying, God, I give you everything. I'm down. I'm down. If you fell yesterday, don't follow with condemnation. Say, I'm, down. I'm still down. I'm all in. I applaud you guys for being a follower. I really do. I really, really, really do. Come on. God sees it. God sees it. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, give it up for Ty, yeah? Awesome, awesome. Um, cool. Bailey and Simon, you guys want to come pray? Um, and then Ty and Cassidy, I'll pray with you. How's that sound? Tyler and I will be up here for prayer. Um, we, we said it last week that we're doing a special offering for families in need for this Christmas season. Um, we got a basket in the back right there on that podium or whatever table. And you can, you can put your, your gifts or whatever in there. If you want to allocate it towards something specifically, you can write that on the envelope. But that's going to go to families in need for this Christmas season. People that can't afford gifts, they can't afford to provide for their families or themselves or whatever. That's where 100% of all that's going to that. So that's the, the basket in the middle. Um, we will not have service on Christmas Day, right? Aw, sad, shame. Um, but enjoy your time with your families. We will have service on New Year's Day, okay? first we're gonna be here jesus he's gonna be here so that's what we're doing um we got we had something during pre-service prayer if if you're dealing with hip problems specifically um i would encourage you to come get prayer so we felt like god revealed that to us while we were praying um back around like nine o'clock so um i think that's that's something important for you if you're dealing with hip problems it doesn't have to be right left just hip problems in general i believe god wants to just completely heal you of that forever um my last encouragement before we dismiss, we're right on time. Um, I, I felt while Tyler was talking, he, he talked about some pretty heavy stuff. Sure, right? A lot of stuff that maybe we haven't heard before. Acts 17 talks about these people at Berea, where Paul went, who searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Before you get offended, I'd encourage you to search the scriptures and find out what Tyler's saying was so or not. That's my encouragement to you. He said, the Bible says that those people were more fair-minded than others in Thessalonica. So, your choice. That's my encouragement to you. Um, with all that to say, Merry Christmas. We love you guys. We're so thankful to be doing this thing with y'all. It's a privilege. Dylan and Taya send their best. They're in Norway. And, uh, they love and miss you guys too. So with all that said, we love you. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your time with your family.